passion. Um, but this talk is my passion as well because um, it's all about speaking in the name of Jesus. Um, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and speaking again and grateful for the invitation. And I want to reiterate what Tom said last week. Do we want freedom? I think that the Lord has shown me that freedom is our choice. Um, but we don't always know that we need it. We think we're freed up. We don't always know. And I might be pointing one or two things out this morning which may help you to understand. Um, in verses 12 to 14, as Victoria um, thankfully read us from uh, John 14, uh, 12, um, 7 to 14, uh, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do, they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified by the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And I want to give you an example of asking something in my name. That is the name of Jesus. Um, and I have a conservatory. And um, it had a very leaky roof starting at the beginning of 2019. Now, I'm a procrastinator as far as putting things right in my home. Um, so in the end, I, asked, I decided how I would try and approach this was I asked for a new roof quotes for a new roof and they went from £8,000 to £15,000 and onwards. That was too much. So I asked Iglesia to see if he could fix it and he, he gave me an estimate of £800. There, it did end up being slightly more um, but he, he was coming in March 2020 so I'd already gone 15 months with leaky roofs and, uh, but then he was delayed until July because of the pandemic um, and he returned many times until September as there were leaks in a number of places and I kept being told oh it's so old and the conservatory was badly built um, on, on the last visit he said he could do no more for my aging roof and a week later it rained and it poured in water I was really disappointed. Nay, I was angry. And so I prayed in the name of Jesus that the Lord would seal up the, 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 the holes in the roof in Jesus' name. And I proclaimed in the name of Jesus that the roof would be sealed. I was not um, passive about it at all. Um, and during this last winter, you may have noticed there's been quite a lot of rain and a fair bit of wind, and a tiny bit of snow. Not one leak came through the roof. And all I can say is that Jesus is the best glazier. Uh, and he, it was, for me, it was a minor miracle, to be honest, because um, it was, but it was because I asked in the name of Jesus. And it's not about what I did it's giving the glory to Jesus that he can fix even a conservatory roof. Of course he can. He created the world. But it's about having the belief in some ways to ask. 
And it's a wonderful truth that Jesus and the Father are one. And last week, Tom talked about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. And of course, we know that the only way to the Father is through Jesus. In verses 10 to 11, um, Jesus was talking to Philip, and he said, don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? And, and then he goes on in verse 11, believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And then he says, or at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves. Three times Jesus used the word believe and asked Philip, don't you believe? And he emphasized the need to believe in me and tells them, at least believe. But you know, the Lord understands the human condition. He knew we would have doubts. He knew we could easily slip into unbelief. He knew we would not believe even the works of his hands. When the Lord says something three times, it means he's serious and wants us to pay attention. And personally, I have to sit up and, and ask what, you know, and take notice and ask what he wants me to do. I think maybe we could have let unbelief creep in during the pandemic over the last year or more. Have we doubted that Jesus cared? Have we doubted that the Father has lost his love for us? Have we believed Jesus has abandoned us? I'm confident we always believed that he was all-powerful and could lift the virus out of the nations, and he could, but has not chosen to do that immediately. And in this country, we know the figures, over 127,000 have died, a million have had long COVID. We've prayed, and we've not always seen prayers answered. Have we doubted that he is no longer sovereign in the world? Have we got to a point where our faith is not strong? Have we, left unbelief, have we let unbelief creep in? Have we been so disappointed that we feel it's not worth praying anymore? Have we been so discouraged that we've laid our faith down or are we just hanging in on by our fingertips? It's okay to hang on by your fingertips, but we do need to know that Jesus is still Lord. You know, this week, as I was preparing this, I had an attack of unbelief. I'm not, I, I wouldn't say it's my default position to, to be in unbelief, but I had a challenge and we've been trying for months to get accommodation for somebody on our team to live in Aldershot, just a rented apartment for his wife and two children. Um, and, um, and, and this week we thought we'd secured this house in Aldershot for him and the family, but it fell through. I was hugely disappointed and I realized I'd got to a point where I thought the Lord could not change this situation. And I had to repent of my unbelief. I had to say sorry to God for, for, for doubting him. And, you know, and Jesus answered the prayer that I prayed of repentance. And then I asked him to break my unbelief. He answered it. The family still haven't got accommodation, but I've got faith now that that accommodation is going to be found. And I'm praying fervently each day, and, in, and I'm in faith 
for his home to be provided in Jesus' name. But it is so easy for all of us to go into unbelief. And I, I, and I was guilty this week, and I think because I was going to come and teach on it, I thought that, that's one of the reasons we get challenged sometimes where we're, when we're teaching this. Have you got things in your life which you, you think the Lord cannot change, which has developed into unbelief? I'm not talking about riches. I'm talking about perhaps a change of heart for a spouse, a child, a grandchild, or a parent. I'm talking about a change in circumstances within a workplace. Perhaps you or someone you know are out of work and need a new job. Perhaps you do not see your children or parents or you're lonely or have lost hope or have lost a loved one and life has changed dramatically for you and there is uncertainty and fear and unbelief which has crept in. Let, let us this morning when we say a prayer together at the end to say sorry to the Lord for not trusting him fully if that is the case in your lives. You know, you could, you could say to me, Jan, your life looks amazing. You travel, life's exciting for you, which it was before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah I've had one of the most difficult years from 2019 into 2020. I cannot tell you the issues, and some of it was my responsibility. Some of it wasn't. But I want you to know, I spent nearly a year on my knees asking the Lord to help me. He has, he has, but it was not without much pain and tribulation, not only for me, but for others. I cannot tell you the detail, but I can tell you that the Lord answered prayer, um, after prayer, after prayer, on a daily basis for me. Did I enjoy it? Certainly not. But I never lost my passion for Jesus. But has it been hard? Yes. And I think it's, you know, people's lives look glorious on the outside. Let me tell you, sometimes on the inside, they're not so glorious. And as believers in Jesus, we need to understand our position and authority in Christ. His authority is the source of our authority. And we can pray in his name in his authority and in his will, and we will see change. I want to ask you, how hungry are we for revival, to see family, friends, and neighbors come to know Jesus as their savior? I want to say the Lord honors the appetite of his people. If we're hungry, he'll satisfy it. And if we're not hungry, he'll go as far as we want him to go. He wants us to be ready to preach the gospel, heal the sick and advance his kingdom. I spend a lot of time doing spiritual warfare over many things when I'm away on mission. And I see great things happening. Um, many people meeting with Jesus and having their lives transformed, which increases my faith. Is it the same in this country? Not always. I long for revival and I long to see people's lives changed. You know, I want to ask us, during this pandemic, how is our faith? I, I point to myself. My prayer has been in the last year that we as a church would wake up during this time and allow the Lord to prepare his church for the future. 
to enable us to fight the battles and win the war. We're on the victory side when Jesus is our Lord and Lord of our lives. How ready are we, his people in this country or the world for the future? St. Paul's is a great church and with an anointed leadership. However, the Lord does want, however, does the Lord want to do something different, something new? I believe so. But have we become too comfortable in our Christian life? Our lovely homes, our nice cars, and our amazing holidays. There's nothing wrong with all these things. In, fe- in fact, the Lord wants to bless us in these things. But we need to remember we're called to glorify the name of Jesus in all that we do. And I wonder if we've got into a place of unbelief. Some of us have not seen too many miracles recently. And we've become passive, disappointed and not prayed for them. We're told we can do even greater things than Jesus did. I have the uh, testimony of answered prayer from my conservatory for which I'm grateful Um, as is my bank account. Um, And then I want to talk about how there can be miracles with weather. And I was in a a, a school in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and we were going to preach the gospel to 500 children um, who were all stood in the playground outside. There was no assembly hall. All they had was this massive playground. And there were huge dark clouds threatening the opportunity. Let me, it, it seemed as if those clouds were come, coming very close to us and were threatening the opportunity to preach the gospel with an African torrential downpour. So the team stood and we stood and we just prayed and asked the Lord to hold in the name of Jesus that weather back. And, and he did. And we... And, It did not come while we were teaching or praying, and it did not come until we'd finished our program and prayed for them, and many of them had been healed. And and so I'm, you you know, those school children knew that Jesus had stopped the rain. They just knew, you know, Jesus calmed the storm on the Lake of Galilee, and in His name and with the right motives, we can exercise our faith. And do the same as Jesus in his name and in his authority. You know, I believe the Lord wants us to wake up in Ephesians 5.14. It says, wake up, O sleeper. The opposite of unbelief is faith. Do 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 you long to see people meet with Jesus? What are we doing about it? Do you care that your neighbors may die without the reassurance of having eternal life? You know, if we pray in Jesus' name and have faith and not unbelief, we will see that happen. But we have to pray and do something. You know, I've seen the Lord heal many times. But the most dramatic healing was in an army barracks in South Sudan. And I had, there was this soldier and he had a bad shoulder. And I prayed for about 10 minutes over this, pro, this shoulder in the name of Jesus. I laid hands on him. I paid my best prayers. I did everything I could. And, I, and then I, I sort of walked away thinking, that's it. And then I heard a whisper of the Holy Spirit. And the, and it, the Lord said, lengthen his arm. Oh. So I asked the man to put his arm up and his his arm was slightly, one arm was slightly shorter. And in the name of Jesus, 
I commanded this arm to lengthen. I did have confidence because I'd heard the voice of God. I had real confidence in the name of Jesus. And I watched this man's arm grow. And the Bishop Samuel from uh, the, the, the Episcopal Church of South Sudan, he, um, he was watching it. And I kept saying to people, come and watch this guy's arm grow. It was extraordinary, and I, I understand that, you know, we don't see miracles like that every day in this country. But let me tell you, at the end, his shoulder was healed because he could move it, and his arm had lengthened. And it was all because Jesus spoke, and in his name, he was healed. It had absolutely nothing to, be, to do with me. Can I just say that? Because at the moment I turned to go away, I was in unbelief in some ways. But when God spoke, and then we heard his I heard his voice, and we could carry on. But you see, I can do nothing, but Jesus can do everything. And in his name, I'm coming to land. Um, Another, another common healing we see in Africa is headaches are healed, which are prolific. If you've had chronic headache because of malaria, typhoid, and all the other myriad of diseases that they have in Africa, and all you have is constant headache, and they have no medicine because of poverty, all that they've got is Jesus. And how many, I have prayed for so many people for their headaches to go and they go and they, and they come back and they tell us it's still gone. It's not back. What do we do if we have a headache? We take a paracetamol and sometimes we pray. Jesus can heal Shoulders and lengthen arms, he also heals headaches when we pray in his name. And you know, we have to exercise faith. It's like preparing for a marathon, which I haven't done. But anyway, and when, 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 we, have to tra- when we do a marathon, I understand uh, that we have to train and prepare and exercise. And the same applies with prayer. And we have to do it, and the Lord answers and, I, and some, I know sometimes he doesn't answer how we want him to answer. But, I know, but, but his ways are not our ways. And if we keep training and exercising our faith, unbelief will go. And we will do greater things than Jesus, as this scripture tells us this morning. He will raise our faith and he will hear our prayers. And I believe Jesus does want to set us free. We have to choose life. We have to flex our muscles and take action. Some of us may have to be repent of unbelief or not trusting the Lord. We need to ask for a gift of faith and we need to be praying in his name, but with renewed faith and expectation. Amen. Can I, can I pray for you before we take communion? Would that be all right? Would you bear with me and stand up? Would that be all right? And I'm not going to read this, so I just pray. I thank you, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit is here this morning. And I just pray that you would convict us where, show us where we have lost our faith. We haven't lost it completely, but Lord Jesus, where we've lost faith, where we've been in unbelief where we haven't trusted you fully, where we've become passive, where we have 
um, lost our passion. Jesus, we repent in Jesus' name. And this morning, I just ask Jesus that you would break the unbelief. You would break the things which are holding us back from doing your will. And Lord, I pray, thank you that you are in the business of setting the captives free. And that song says it would break the bondage. Lord, would you do that this morning in Jesus' name? And Father, I pray for an impartation for all of us in the church and online, wherever we're watching this, whether it's after this or listening, whether it's after the service um, or, or not. Father, I pray for an impartation of faith, the gift of faith into our lives. Would you renew us and raise our faith and help us to exercise um, the, the, the God-given gift of praying in his name. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.